Listen to me. The iPad is broken. You know it. I know it. Apple's known it basically forever. Between a laptop and a smartphone. Technology alone is not enough. What will your verse be? What's a computer? But no one's been able to fix it. Maybe. We'll get to that. But first, the original sin. I'm going to tell you three stories about why Apple even made the iPad to begin with. And you're going to tell me which one of them is true. Ready? One, Steve Jobs had dinner with his wife, her friend, and her friend's husband, who happened to work at Microsoft and who just would not shut up about how Bill Gates was going to own the future of computing with tablet PC. The next day, Steve assembled the team and said, nope, nope, not on his watch, and work began on what became the iPad. Two, Steve Jobs was a busy, busy man who hated losing any productivity time at all, ever. And so he tasked his team with inventing a lightweight device that he could use quickly to triage things like email, even when he was on the can. That started off as the iPad, but shipped first as the iPhone. Three, Steve Jobs wasn't satisfied with the Mac. He wanted to democratize computing technology and make it available and accessible to everyone at a scale heretofore unimagined. But even the Mac was too traditional, too complicated, and just too damn comp sci for the mainstream. So Apple started working on something next. Okay, time's up, pencils down. Which one was it? Well, Shyamalan style plot twist, it was all of them. Steve Jobs believed the future of computing was gonna be a tablet style device that allowed direct manipulation and could be used anywhere, literally by anyone. Macs were trucks, but the vast majority of people what they really needed was cars. No multiple windows so your email client could get lost behind your browser. No swapping pages from memory to drive either because only one app at a time. And a home button that could be like an escape hatch, resetting everything back to a simple known state so you never got lost. Also, no file system. So no one ever had to go spelunking down endless folders just to find a document. And yes, People called it a big iPhone, but the iPhone was really just a small iPad. And that was the whole entire point. But that also created a massive, massive problem. The nerds. Because non-nerds aren't by any means dumb or stupid or less than. Quite the opposite. There are legit genius level artists and architects and entrepreneurs and doctors and the list is endless who just... Do not give crap one about any of the traditional computer cruft or trappings that we all keep demanding. They're busy. They've got dust to shake. And all of that stuff just gets in their way. But that was still a massive problem for several incredibly obvious in hindsight reasons. For starters, until then, everything about computing had been for us, the nerds. So we expected the iPad to be for us as well. And when it wasn't, that was just beyond irksome, especially because the iPad was so obviously better than the Mac in some really important ways that were highly appealing to nerds, like instant on, utter responsiveness, and it just looked and felt so much like the future that we'd been promised. So much so that Steve apparently walked into the next Big Mac meeting, dropped the iPad on the table, and demanded to know why couldn't the Mac do that, and told them, make the Mac do that, which Yes, led to the 12-inch MacBook nothing, the 2016 MacBook Pro Air, and a whole bunch of drama that we're going to have to leave for another video. Let me know if you want to see it. But also, ultimately, Apple Silicon Macs, which I'll get back to in a minute. But beyond any of that, all of that, an aggressively non-nerd computer 
basically creates a fixed point in time and space. Most existing computer conventions, they evolved iteratively, generation after generation, but all of that history, all of those preconceptions were disallowed. The iPad was literally forbidden from leaning on any of those presumptions in any way. Apple banned third-party apps from implementing anything that even looked like multi-windowing or widget systems. And Steve and his head of iOS at the time, Scott Forstall, kept hard-noping any features at all that even whiffed at complexity. Things like, I don't know, a files app, even AirDrop, twice. And there were people at Apple who truly believed that with iOS 6, they were done. That was it. That was as complicated as the iPad ever needed or ever should be. But there were also people at Apple who believed the iPad could be so much more. They had, they have the exact same arguments inside Apple that we have outside Apple, in blogs, on social, in videos like this. And then, and now, that causes an incredible tension. It literally divides the iPad against itself. Mainstream computing appliance for the masses versus every nerd's Star Trek wet dream machine. It turns it into Schrodinger's iPad, where the ultimate state of simplicity or complexity is only ever revealed when a mainstream customer accidentally triggers mission control or a nerd becomes apoplectic when they can't plug into eight displays at once. And I'm exaggerating to make a point, of course, but only a very little. And to make matters worse, the entire conversation happens in the echo chamber of blogs, social, and videos, where it's dominated by us nerds to the point that we forget we're really only a single digit percentage of the market. But because we're just continually feeding and reinforcing and eggplant raised fisting each other, we just come to fiercely believe our tiny minority use cases are major majority issues, like full on external display support. Because the last time I got an off the record stat on that, which admittedly was several years ago, less than 10% of MacBook users plugged into an external display like ever. And as you can imagine, the iPad number was just way smaller, but external display support is still right there on the top of pretty much every nerd feature pull list imaginable. Because solving for all of this, for capability without complexity, is incredibly hard. Like, how many versions of the multi-window interface have we been subjected to by Apple already? Three? Four? More? How long did it take for even basic things like drag and drop to be rethought and reconsidered enough to actually ship? We got iWork pretty much right away, but how long will it take before they figure out pro apps like Final Cut and Xcode? And yet, even when those ship, we will still have nerds who won't be happy at all until the iPad basically runs macOS. Never mind that we still have the Mac and Windows and Nix and Android, but we will not be happy until we've taken the iPad away from the masses too, made it ours and left them with, I don't even know, Chrome OS? Something from Play School? Craig Federici has been willing to go way, way nerdier than Scott Forstall ever was. And Tim Cook's Apple, just way deeper than Steve Jobs. We've literally had a product called the iPad Pro for almost seven years now, and it's been using the exact same silicon and resources as the MacBook Air for almost two years now. Hell, even the iPad Air uses that chip now and can use the Magic Keyboard, which might as well be called the MacBook Keyboard at this point. And yet, the direction is still, let the iPad be the iPad even though nothing in the history of Apple has ever eluded marketing or bifurcated customers so completely as to what the iPad actually is. So much so 
that I'm left wondering if it makes sense, if it ever really made sense to silo computing experiences by form factor type rather than by user type. And what I mean by that is, should the iPad and the MacBook both have touchscreens and both be running something way closer akin to iPad OS so they can better and more properly serve those massive mainstream markets? And then should the iPad Pro and MacBook Pro both have some sort of touch-optimized operating system that is way closer to macOS, but that way better fits the needs of modern pros? Or does Microsoft's near decade in the desert trying to make Windows truly multi-touch show that that's just a path of pain and folly and Apple should just cut the Gordian knot already and let the iPad Pro dual boot into iPadOS or macOS with some kind of shared file access so pros can use whatever best suits whatever they're trying to do in the moment. I'm gonna explore all of that in way more depth and detail in a follow-up video, so make sure you're subscribed, but also don't wait on me. Let me know what you think, either way or just no way, or if you have a better idea or just a hotter take. And for more on how I'm making these videos, check out my exclusive new studio tour series where I just posted episode three, Lighting, right alongside episode two, Mics and Sound, and episode one, Camera Gear, and where I'm right now working on episode four, sets, everything behind me, all ad-free, sponsor-free, all on Nebula. Because on Nebula, we've got the ability, the absolute luxury of making videos that don't have to be optimized for a specific channel, including bonus and extended videos that I know, I know the nerdiest, most dedicated and hardcore of you will totally love. All, yes, ad-free, sponsor-free on Nebula and bundled in for free when you sign up with today's sponsor at curiositystream.com slash Ritchie or click the link below. And right now, because you're watching this video, you can get CuriosityStream on sale for 26% off, less than 15 bucks a year, way less than the price of a fancy bistro burger for the whole entire year. And that includes their thousands of amazing documentaries and series, like Work in Progress, which asks, why do we even work? and explores different ways in which companies can give meaning to work. Or in short, why do some of us like to go to work? Why should we get up five days a week to go to work? And why should we join one company rather than another? It is the absolute best way to support educational creators directly and just the best damn deal in streaming today. So for over 26% off CuriosityStream, less than 15 bucks a year and Nebula bundled in for free, just click on the button on the screen or go to curiositystream.com slash Ritchie. Clicking on that button just really helps out this channel, and so does hitting up this playlist for way more on Apple's culture and future. So just hit up that playlist, and I'll see you in the next video.